It must be the month of Insomniac, Bill, because while their latest masterpiece in Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart tears the galaxy a new one, as we speak, it's time we visited one of their lesser-known, greatly underrated hits, Sunset Overdrive. Developed by Insomniac Games and published by Microsoft Studios in 2014 for the Xbox One, this ridiculous, over-the-top, sensory overload of a game is one of the more unique third-person shooters ever created. Not only do we supercharge our way around by foot, ridiculous weapons such as the TN Teddy in hand, we take to the power lines and grind our way from railing to rooftop, bouncing and slamming our way around this comic book style wacky world of Sunset City, while its population tries to overcome a soft drink induced zombie apocalypse. And didn't we just enjoy every minute of this sparkling game, where everything is a joke and the dialogue had us chuckling endlessly? So without further ado, we request you hit it, Jimbo! Reggie! Spoilers ahead! <laughs> Finally, the Rumble Pack has come back to Sunset City. <laughs> yeah, nice, 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 nice. You do have a, star- a startling resemblance to The Rock. Yeah, I'm wearing my Rock t-shirt, actually. Yeah, and you probably got the same amount of money as him, but you won't pay me still. <laughs> no. No, I agreed to pay you last time. Yeah, but you haven't done it. It's <laughs> a week later, mate. Welcome to episode 13. For uh, episode 14, actually, of the mm-hmm. Rumble Pack podcast, we are here, Luke and myself, William, to talk about one of the best Xbox One exclusive games there ever was. And one of the first. One of the first, yeah, probably one of the first. Was it 2014 that came out? Yeah. Yeah. I remember it just being very early on. One yeah. of those exclusives they were trying to sell as a, you know, use as a selling point for the console. And sadly, it just, well, yeah. at, at like Titanfall, it just wouldn't have gone anywhere. No. Two hidden gems. Well, Titanfall wasn't an exclusive game, though. Wasn't it? Not an Xbox One exclusive, oh, okay, no. Okay, okay. That is had the special Titanfall box that you got. Yeah, true. Yeah. But but they were both games that were meant to be big things to sell consoles. And Well, there's no doubt that this game well. was an effort from Microsoft to sell consoles mm. in, like, to get at Sony in a way <laughs> because- Insomnia Games made made this game a traditionally Sony only studio, and currently, and currently, so it's like, well, they they took Insomniac from, uh, they pulled Insomniac from under the rug of Sony, <laughs> and <laughs> and that's uh, still not correct. If that's what you're hoping, is that well. not correct? <laughs> they pulled the rug from under. They Sony. pulled the damn it. They pulled <laughs> the rug from under the from under Sony with Insomnia Games. And yeah. got them to make uh, their their own first party game. And what game is that, Luke? <laughs> what did you just say? What game are we talking about? <laughs> Sunset Overdrive. Sunset Overdrive. <laughs> I was like, you can't be throwing back to the same thing again, Daddy. <laughs> I was like, I oh, know I've got this all wrong. <laughs> Sunset uh, Overdrive. Well, you've got the case right in your hand because I do. We're it both says- devoted to Sunset Overdrive cause. Yeah, it says Blam on the front. There, see. Oh, blam, blam! That says a lot about the game. It does more than we, more than it seems. And I have no idea what the gun he is holding is meant to be. Is that in the game? That gun? Look, it's got like. Oh, uh, it's got like ten different barrels on yeah. it. Yeah, I don't think so. It has thir- 
13 barrels. <laughs> I just counted. All right. Let's see what it says on the back of the box. It says, rules are meant to be exploded. You thought it was going to say broken. <laughs> A contaminated energy drink has transformed most of Sunset City into toxic mutants. For many, it's the apocalypse, but years of playing video games have prepared you to not just survive, but thrive. Welcome to Sunset Overdrive, a high-velocity open-world shooter filled with unconventional weapons, crazed mutants, and massive carnage. That's not all, though. An open world with no rules, leap off buildings, grind rails, and zip down power lines to destroy your foes from every angle, lethal weapons... Collect and upgrade an arsenal of unconventional weapons that use items like dynamite, fireworks, harpoons, and acid to destroy your enemies. Mayhem with friends. Join forces in eight-player cooperative experience. Chaos Squad. Tackle a variety of objectives throughout the city, survive epic battles against countless enemies, and earn awesome in-game rewards. Remember that time we tried to play multiplayer on Sunset Overdrive and it was a complete bust? Oh, we liked it. It was a bit of fun, we but there was it, much We did to it do. one time. We just pinged around, yeah. Well, we didn't actually do anything. We literally just, yeah, pinged around the map and shot random enemies and then thought, let's go play Titanfall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if I'm remembering the timeline correctly, yeah, it was yeah, probably yeah. time to play Titanfall. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> Which I think came out in 2013, Titanfall. Yeah, it did. Yeah. yeah. Yep. How was that? Good. Yeah. That sums up the game pretty well. It does. And on the front, it does say only on Xbox One underneath where it says Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Strong MA15 plus strong violence online interactivity. Ooh. Which well, is, it's always worth warning against interacting with people. It is. Because you don't know what can go wrong. Well, if we know anything about you and the Sea of Thieves episode, interacting with you online usually means to death. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, I te- you're I- the reason that the MA15 thing is there. Death for me, not for anyone else. I, I went in fully knowing that I was not going to even get near hurting <laughs> anyone. I was useless. So I, was a, I, was sacri- I was sacrificial, self-sacrificial. You actually were useless. Yeah. Yeah, in yeah. all truthfulness. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so as it as it suggested on the back of that box, yeah. this whole plot is basically about, yeah, this massive uh, corporation, almost like a Coca-Cola version. Or in this game called Fizco. So they release this overcharge uh, energy drink. Yep. And they try to, they basically skip all health regulations to try to get it out the door quicker. And pretty much what it results in is the entire city, uh, because this uh, drink hasn't been tested <laughs> scientifically, it's literally uh, basically full with this, vi- like almost like a virus that yeah, mutates people into these big orange fizzy looking <laughs> yeah. uh, monsters that are. Um, Basically, basically just like zombies, more mm. or less, but psycho zombies. Yeah, it's a great take on the apocalypse uh, type of game. Yeah. 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 Where it's and not just your straightforward apocalypse. It's literally from an energy drink. Yeah. From a corporation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, this uh, basically Fizco, who made the drink, do this whole cover up that it was actually a big viral outbreak that happened and they locked down the city and hap- they just happened because they're, even though they're a soft drink company- They've happened to have a, an army of robots, yeah, which come into the city to try to kill off any survivors. Of course, to try to cover up the whole thing. Mm. So that's a really, um, that's really bonkers. <laughs> it's totally insane. Yeah, it uh, sure is. But it takes place in Sunset City. Yeah, obviously fictional. And, and what did we learn last week, Luke? Uh, it's ecosystems involve people. Yes, we did learn that, but we learned that <laughs> sometimes the world is the biggest character of all. 
We learned that. We've learned that every week. Not yeah, just but last, last week. week was the defining um, episode to learn that. Yeah. And the world of Sunset City actually is the biggest character of all, basically. Mm. If I learn you're not listening to my lessons I give you every week on this podcast and miss what are you gonna do? every mention, uh, I'm going to walk out. You're going to walk out? I'm going to walk out. That's fine. Tom was pretty good on the podcast. I'll get him in. I ain't leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I've made a comeback. Yeah. We played, uh, we were playing Sunset Overdrive this morning. Um, I, I installed on my Xbox One and mm-hmm. we were just flying around, um, grinding rails and stuff. And the world is really, really bright and colorful, mm. um, quite a unique visual setting. Mm. Um, it has, yeah, it does have a lot of character, but the characters within the world, of course, uh, have their own personalities and drive the plot of the game. Yeah. But I think it's safe to say that the actual world of Sunset City overall is uh, a huge, huge part of the game. And without it, the game wouldn't be very fun. Like, it's really built for all of the uh, player movement. Mm. Yeah, it's it's basically a massive playground. So, yeah. we've got all these bright colours and it's a com- complete freak show of the city, really. Yep. Um, but there's some real gold around this around the place because it's sort of in typical Insomniac form like we spoke about with Ratchet and Clank, mm-hmm. especially the original trilogy having a lot of adult sort of humor hidden yep. throughout. Uh, there's, yeah, there's some gold around this place as well. Like there's, I noticed there's two defunct food chains. One's called Sex Burger <laughs> and another one's called Forney Burger. Oh. Uh, right. So I figure that these are both, these burgers are competitors on the red light district uh, burger market. Yeah, I'd say so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, pretty much everything in the city is either grindable or bounceable. Yeah. Uh, allowing for really quick traversal in the most ridiculous of ways. Um, and so we'll sort of explain this as we talk about the protagonist uh, named Player. Yep. He doesn't get a name. No. Um, but we pretty much yeah go around the whole city. If you see the edge of a building, you, you, know, you press X to literally just with your shoes on, just grind like a skateboard. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, along the railings or along power lines, just anything that's an edge, basically. Yeah, and you can press the uh, right bumper to keep getting sort of small speed boosts. Mm. Yeah, get up. You know, some of them go uphill. You need to get the uh, speed going. Yeah, mm. and if it's something you can't get on top of, but, you know, like power lines, you can hang off with your crowbar and all sorts of things. Like, it's just, it's it's made for aerial acrobatics. Yeah. In the most ridiculous way. And we, um, to sort of set the, I guess, a mental image for people of what this game's like, this we agreed this morning that this is basically the perfect hybrid, like right bang in the middle between Ratchet and Clank, especially Rift Apart. Yep. And the Spider-Man games that Insomniac make. Yeah, it, like, it really is exactly in between. It really is, and I think for me at the time, the to- at the time of playing this game, of course, Spider-Man, um, the Spider-Man games Insomniac have made didn't had come out yet, no. and neither had the Ratchet and Clank remake or rift apart mm. and i'd never played ratchet and clank before so i had no idea but now that i've played both of those games and i came back and played at sunset overdrive this morning their resemblance mm. of those games in this game is like uncanny yeah yeah it's actually it's actually crazy yeah from i guess the maneuverability of the character is as close to spider-man as you can get yeah pretty you much know, flinging around grinding mm. but then obviously in ratchet and clank you do grinding yep uh but the weapons in ratchet and clank and the humor are much that's where the similarities lie there because there's all like the most ridiculous of weapons in this. Like Ratchet and yeah. Clank has ridiculous weapons, but then this has 
some some real um, crazy stuff, you know, like the TN Teddy, which is a rocket launcher that shoots a teddy bear out of it. Yep. And it just explodes like normal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the Dirty Harry, which is just a massive, uh, like, overpowered revolver, mm. basically. And uh, we saw this morning, there's a murder ring, which shoots at discs that multiply. There's a one-handed dragon. Yeah, that's like a fireworks gun, fireworks yeah. launcher. Yeah, like yeah. a Chinese New Year sort Chinese of thing. Chinese New Year, yeah. Yeah, like Chinese yeah. fireworks. Um, and it's, oh, and there's just a few others, and they're just, uh, they're just totally over the top. <laughs> yeah. And it's just really cool, like, um, and you just- There is just also a basic everywhere. machine gun and, and basic pistol. Oh, it's called the, the, the machine gun's called the AKFU. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, a, it's just a normal machine gun. Even his um, melee weapon, though, I don't, I'm not sure if you have the sword from the start of the game or not, but his melee weapon works basically like Ratchet's wrench. It does, It's yeah. essentially the same thing. It's even the same, like, uh, smash down move. Mm-hmm. Straight out of Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. yeah, and the best thing about one of the coolest things in the game, um, and so it's worth me- so it's worth mentioning as well that the player you you get to create choose his what he looks like or he or she looks like. Yeah. So there's a buff, there's a buff uh, like huge buff or lean buff um, character types, body types, male and female, and then you can choose the hair. You can make them look as crazy as you want. Basically, it's a punk theme in this game as well. So you sort of go with the you know bit of a mohawk and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and all that sort of stuff, but the uh, but when you talk about the overhead slam with your melee weapon, mm. whenever you slam down on the ground, uh, words such as crack and like you know slam yeah. appear, appear in the concrete, <laughs> like in the in cracks. Yeah, and it's just so cool. It's just like yeah, that little, is a really good touch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's sort of yeah. I guess overall, your character's a real sarcastic and funny punk person. Yeah, there's lots of like third wall breaks. Fourth. Fourth, forgot third. Fourth wall breaks. Yeah. 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 Um, which is really funny too. Yeah. Just looks at the looks into the camera and just says something smart. Just, the characters are complete smart, Alec. And obviously for us we chose um male characters. Yeah. Uh so I'm not not sure what the female characters are. Obviously they'd have the same script, but it would come across the same yeah. comic. Yeah. It'd be but it would have been really cool to see it actually, because it's very uh buffeted male. It uh, is dialogue. Yeah. So I would have liked to see how that came across playing as a female. Yeah, character. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like some of the dialogue you come up with is uh, really classic. Like uh, when he's asked at one point if he knows a maester of the Citadel, and this is in, in a part of the game where we're with these LARPers, so live action role players, mm-hmm. which we'll explain later. But yeah, this um, one of the LARPers asked him if he knows a maester of the Citadel, and he says, "Yeah, I don't know a master from City Hall." Uh, and when he says he'll go and find some medicine you begin to leave the quest giver as you're running away he just says oh and when I get back with your drugs we'll discuss my offence at your assumption that I would know where to find drugs (laughs) like it's just constant quips Um, (laughs) it's so uh, insomniac it is yeah (laughs) and the first medicine that he finds when he's on this journey on this mission is uh, he reads out he says plan A for the night before the morning after pill and he goes, oh, that's not the right one. <laughs> and he just keeps finding all these, um, all, all these quips that he just throws out. And it's, it's just really funny the whole time. Yeah, nice. Not, and nothing, nothing too rude or anything. Like there's, adult, like there's a lot of swearing and stuff in it. Not, mm. not a lot, just here and there. But it's just sort of like a natural, uh, natural amount of swearing, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It's nothing ridiculous, but it's just really like punchy. Yep. Yeah. Even when you get towards like the um, edges of the map. They're blocked off with like a big, uh, big 
fake wall yeah. that you can visually see. And he usually says something sarcastic about how the developers put that in so you can't get out of Sunset City or something like that. Yeah. Even when I was grinding around yesterday, I, I, I forget the quote, but he said something of uh, how, um, thankfully, the over the developers made made it so that uh, Fizco controls the airways so that no one can get in and out of Sunset City or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a random thing he said out of nowhere and I was just grinding a rail and I happened to be looking towards the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's just uh, yeah. He he just he does it a lot, and he always he'll always refer to certain points in certain missions where he says, "Oh, you know, this is a yeah, this is a good part for a um a twist to come into the story, or yeah. a good part for a plot twist." Uh, <laughs> and even at the end, um, there's a part at the end, uh, where the the villain, of uh, the yeah the end villain, says. Oh, what are you doing? Like, stop, stop fighting. There's no more plot twists in this story. So, like, you know, <laughs> knowing that that means the the villain's gonna die if you yeah, it. and it's yeah. just really funny. Little things like that. Like, <laughs> this game's um very self aware, mm. and it just sort of it doesn't give a crap. Like, it's a complete, totally relaxed game. Like, there is nothing serious to think about in this. It's no. literally just fun. Yeah, yeah. There's um, not a lot of tension. No, probably. Mm. And um, I know we referred to a game recently that's. For pure fun, and I can't recall what it is, but this is this is probably the closest game I've played that is, yeah, it's totally just meant for fun. Maybe it was this we referred to because <laughs> we have mentioned yeah. it a couple of times, but pure fun. Mm. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I think this is like a pinnacle of that. Mm. There's nothing else to be had. Oh uh, yeah, of course. Because mm. like even this morning when we just grinded around on the rails for twenty minutes, that was just pure fun. Yeah, yeah. You can go into this game and just muck around in the playground. Mm. It reminds me a lot of um, something like Super Mario Odyssey where the levels are literally just massive play around, playgrounds for Mario to flip and bounce off and things like that, but it's to the absolute extreme. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we, we mentioned, we noticed, uh, noted earlier as well that the, the world in how it's brightly colored and sort of got that slight comic book filter mm-hmm. over the top of it art style yeah that it's gonna be it, it probably will never properly age no i can't really ever see this uh besides you know unless some game it maybe even a sequel comes out and does what it did but 10 times quicker and better for somehow i don't see how it's gonna be you know you go back and go oh this is so slow compared to other games because it's totally unique yeah no i don't see why it would age at all mm. yeah it'll be timeless yeah mm. uh, and so where the entire Game is basically just a heavy punk soundtrack. Yeah. Um, which sometimes repeats when you're just free roaming. It can That's wear on you a bit. Well, I think it's the free roaming tune that wears on you because it's always the same. Yeah. Like the whole time. I think that tune even plays in the main menu when you open the game. Yeah. The same one. Yeah. So it's just always gone. Yeah. It's like a loop. It's probably like a two or three minute loop at most. Yeah. Just for the whole game. But it does, it is better. It's less annoying than you'd expect like if you just mm. heard that in general life you'd be like oh my god this is so annoying but playing yeah, the game sure. it actually gets you in that zone of i'm just a like you're a punk just out to break shit yeah basically. pretty much yeah uh <laughs> and there's lots of when you're shooting people like um well i'll explain some of the en- enemies shortly but when you're shooting od who are the the people who have turned into these creatures yeah like the mutants yeah lots of yeah. orange explosions and um all that sort of thing. Yeah, so it's, it's really it's really channeling Gears Three energy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, those lambent explosions. Mm. 
Oh, I can't wait to talk about that. I think that's the first time we've mentioned gears actually on the podcast. I don't think we've ever said that. It said gears. Yeah, I reckon, I reckon we've gone over it. I reckon last yesterday we might have mentioned oh, it. We mu- last I, week, sorry, we I might have we, mentioned it. I think we very, very briefly talked about Marcus Phoenix in the yeah. mascots episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> anyway, we've got plenty to talk about. That's those not what we here to talk about. But yeah, Lambert explosions. When yeah. we get there. <laughs> um, but we do also cop some dead dubstep, um, especially oh, yeah. in the final boss battle. Yeah, but it's really that sort of very reminiscent of the time. Yeah, mm. and just the theme. Yeah. Just ridiculous. Oh, over the top <laughs> totally. nonsense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like dubstep. Mm. Yeah. But did you have anything else to add about the, the main character and I guess how he or how you sort of shape what you do and how you look or anything? Or Oh, I think as we played out my save this morning, I didn't make my guy look very crazy. My guy looked very normal. He was just mm. wearing like a leather jacket, Vans. He had these Alvin ears. But that was and this sort of slick back purple highlighted hair. Pink ears, of course. You love, you love a bit of pink on your characters. I do. I do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he, he looked pretty generic. So clearly I didn't go over the top with customization. Mm. But I do. I like the personality of the character for sure. Mm. Like that he's just a bit of a smart aleck. Um, a bit, he's just funny. Mm. Yeah. I think everything he said basically captured what I said. But yeah. Although I will say, even though it's really fun to write grind rails, it always irks me a little bit when I see him. Just grinding on a rail in a pair of vans. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> like I wish there was just some small mechanic that why it made sense. <laughs> yeah, I know. You, there's always a part of you that grasps for things to make sense. Yeah, regardless of how ridiculous. Yeah, this is, this is like my Crash Bandicoot run animation thing. Yeah, yeah. He's going to grind rails. You got to wear grind boots. Well, did you notice <laughs> how funny he runs in this game? <laughs> yeah, he looks like uh, eight out of eight point five out of ten running style. No, no, it's not. It's a bloody two out of ten running style because there's no sprint button. Jeez, you're so fussy with running. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, bang. There's no sprint button. Bang. That's, you know, there you go. I don't like the player because he can't sprint. <laughs> yeah. But as we said this morning, the you, you you grind around the city at full speed and that's the whole point of the whole city. Yeah. That's how you get around. You're not meant to just sprint around. You're yeah. literally meant to grind. They don't want you to run around. No, not at all. I think he's actually quite slow on purpose for mm. that reason because mm. he, he, he's just jogging speed is not fast at all yeah. especially when you come off a rail going quite quickly it, it feels even slower mm. yeah and, and to be fair talking about your character looking a bit generic mine looked pretty generic as well mm. the character who's on the front cover who has the denim jacket and this mohawk and he's sort of the the, the leaner version of the male uh, body type yep. which I went for and you went for Mm. And then the mohawk just looks cool and it suits the world. And the denim and the leather jacket suits the world as well. It does. So, whether it's the music or or his voice or something like that, because you can customize him later on, I think it actually influences the way you think you should look in this place. Because yeah. I've always been like that with my characters. I'll never make anyone look too ridiculous because I'm sort of like a role-playing in Well, that you sense, like a bit of realism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so mine looked just as generic as yours, but I thought that was the best way to do it. I just find it funny that this is whole bright and colourful world, and I managed to make my character the least colourful thing in the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> He's just basically wearing all black. Maybe it was reflective of the Thank time. Thank God for played. the pink ears, hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe it was reflective of the time. Hey, you're feeling at the time you played him. Maybe, maybe it didn't come out in 2010, so I couldn't have been. I couldn't have been too much of a freak. Yeah, mm. yeah, this this black hole of fun in an otherwise fun world. <laughs> That's how I've always pictured you. 
2004. When did this come out? 2014. 14. Yeah, right. I, I doubt I played in 2014 because I reckon I was building... I, I went into a phase where I played PC for a few, couple of years. I'm not sure. Yeah. I might have played it later. Yeah, yeah. probably 16, 17. Mm. 16, no yeah. wonder I made him... We're all black. <laughs> I was still hurting. You're in the PC in the dark in, your, <laughs> was, in, in the dark in your garage. <laughs> yeah, I was still I was still hurting from playing League of Legends every night and oh, just having the worst time of my life. Amnesia as well. Amnesia. Yeah. Remember your amnesia days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So just to get an idea of what what the hell we're contending with in this city. Mm. So for one, the generic sort of enemy type that are just roaming around sort of like these bandits or rebels in this sort of who've tried to seize this yeah. city are the scabs yeah which are basically just blokes in well they're like survivors boys and girls in body armor they're survivors of the outbreak basically mm. but they've sort of taken it taken trying to take the city for their own yeah to survive as well yeah mm. well they're led by king scab yep He's just yeah. a big dopey dude. King Scab. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> who, who we see later when, when there's a he clashes with another king. Yes. Uh, so, the Scabs are basically- Yeah, they're basically just the rebels and they always have turf wars with everyone. Yeah. So, we get we meet these four factions throughout. Uh, the the Oxfords, the Fargarthians, the Troop Bushido, like the Scouts, and we'll explain these later. And also the the- Oh, what are they called? Those cheerleaders? Uh, oh, Las, uh, Las Katrinas. Yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, so everyone just has a problem with the scabs. Yeah. Because they, they are annoying. They're just always there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm. Um, and as and- the game goes on, there's always seemingly more enemies just around the city. Yeah. So when you're trying to run around, you're just always getting pested by something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Scabs of whether it's OD or scabs. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And so the other, the other enemy type are the OD. So they're the overdosed. Yeah. Who drank the overcharged on the breakout day, basically. Yeah. Uh, so they're basically just really slimy orange monsters of all different <laughs> shapes and sizes. There's a few really vicious ones, ones that are called uh, stalkers or something. I can't remember, but they're just like real, real Wolverine sort of. Yeah. Just jump at you and maulers or something like that. Yep. They just try to destroy you. Think the lichens from Resident Evil Village. Yeah. But they're kind of like a bit orange and fizzy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fizzy, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we've also got Fizzbots. So, they're from Fizzco. So, they're the robots that I mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah. That try to clear everyone out. And they're like alive. really difficult to, to take down them. Yeah, they, they have a lot big, of health. Big cannons. and Yeah, they're, they're hard. All different types. They come in more later in the game yeah. when you're pretty- um, you're pretty packed with weapons by yeah. then. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so, so at one point, there's a actually a Fizzbot boss, uh, where I think about right about in the middle of the game, uh, who is his name's Fizzy. He's basically basically the mascot of Fizzco. Yeah. Just this little plush toy looking thing with with a beer hat on, like with straw in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got the picture there, and he looks like a big. Uh, Sort of creepy and endearing. Yeah. Which makes sense. He speaks in like that typical family friendly um, marketing voice. Yeah. Yeah. But then he's like super evil. Yeah. (laughs) Because he's basically the Fizzco mascot and it's AI who controls the the Fizzbots eventually. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But the, yeah, and the the Fizzy battle was really cool because it's this massive blimp 
and you're going around all these rails right up high in the sky, just zipping around, bouncing around, tr- trying to destroy him. It's really cool. That's actually probably the, uh, in my opinion, the best looking part of the whole game, mm. like the most interesting looking segment. Oh. It's really cool. Well, if you're jumping off rails from really high to drop to a low rail while you're still hundreds of meters in the air. Yeah. It feels you're awesome. so high up. Yeah. And the blimp is huge too. Yeah. It's very cool. feels awesome. Mm. So, yeah. So, they're basically the common threats throughout the game. Um, yep. But we, there are four factions who have their own characters. So, I guess all, the, all of the supporting characters in this game belong to a faction. Besides a couple who we probably aren't worth diving delving into too much but we've got we meet earlier on floyd yeah who is a basically the arms dealer mm-hmm. who's your first almost the catalyst to getting you rolling out doing these missions yeah because it's worth mentioning actually that your player is meant to be a former physco janitor janitor he's a, right. he's a physco janitor on the night of the outbreak i believe yeah, and yeah. he's just catching a train home, looking pretty sorry for himself, I think. And then Something the, like that, the outbreak, yeah. happen, outbreak happens. Next minute, he just jumps out and starts grinding around to kill all yeah. his OD'd and everything. Um, yeah, he so, was the chosen one. He was the chosen this, one. This, this was an inevitability. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's what we have to we have to find ourselves really bad jobs if we're not happy and so that we can be chosen. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be chosen for a movie straight up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so... He yeah, so we had Floyd who sort of kicks things off, um, and one of the first things we try to do is help this bloke called Walter, who's sort of an old tinkerer. Yeah, and he wants to build a plane to get out of there. Yep. So the one of the first things we do is go to meet the Oxfords, because uh, they're basically all of these uh, lazy but genius university students mm-hmm. who survived the uh, outbreak. Yep. Uh, and we need to go and. F- find them to get them to help make a propeller for the plane. Yeah. Build a propeller for mm. the plane. Um, so we sort of, we meet Sam here, who's sort of our first main accomplice in the game. Um, and he has a he has a clue of what's going on. But basically the rest of the Oxfords are lazy and just text each other from within the same room. <laughs> so when we walk in to meet them in this, <clears throat> in this uh, it's like a pizzeria or something that they hold up in. Yeah. And they're basically all just la- late, like laying around on these bench tops on their phones. And you can see all the messages popping up. Yeah. Like, and they're paying out Sam. And <laughs> obviously, Sam can't see them. But, you know, the, play, the, the, the gamer, <laughs> we can see them. And it's really, um, it's just really funny and really cliche. Yeah. Well, really Sa- stereotypical. Yeah. And Sam's kind of like their leader almost mm. as well. So, they, that's, you know, it's like any boss in a real job where you kind of take the piss out of your boss. Yeah. It's the same scenario. But he kind of becomes your sort of Robin or your um, Oracle mm. because he's he's like a communications dealer or something. Is that right? Yes, more or less. Yeah. 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 And he comes, to you, he sort of becomes your sidekick. He's your fan, number one fanboy. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. He's <laughs> the only one who's motivated enough to try to solve the problem yeah. of the apocalypse or the rest of them are just so lazy, but really geniuses, real geniuses. Yeah. <laughs> um, for one, for example, one of them, whose name is Dirk, um, he is, you know, he's, uh, Sam describes him as having an astronaut dad and a nuclear physicist mum or something like that. Um, and basically saying like, oh, Dirk's good at aerodynamics. So, um, so the player's like, oh, cool. That's exactly what I need. How convenient. Now, I think that's where he looks at the camera at the, breaks the fourth wall and says, oh, how convenient. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And the only catch is that the he won't talk to us or even acknowledge us being there, looking up from his phone, unless we uh, go and find a an expensive organic bottle of water called uh, Bora Bora. Bora Bora, bottle. yeah. <laughs> and he basically drinks it. And he's a, he's a complete twat, really. He drinks it and he's like, oh, only the purest water in the world. And then it, it pops up on screen. The um, It says, you know, 100% uh, organic water. And then it may contain traces of and it lists like 40 different chemicals. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. And that's worth mentioning on the, on the screen. Whenever you meet a character, it pretty much pops up with these, um, all the traits of them. Hmm. One, one I'll ex- sort of explain later when we meet a... A, one of the scout masters um <clears throat> but yeah it's just these funny little captions that pop up like almost as you know handwritten with arrows that describe the person yeah. who, who you meet it's just really cool <laughs> style it is the game's very stylized mm. yeah uh so i think from here we sort of do you have do you have anything on the oxfords you'd like to add uh, not really what does sam look like he looks like that yeah, just a nerd. Yeah. This looks like a nerd. A collared nerd. Yeah. Now, I think he's excited just to be part of something. With a blazer. Yeah. He's got part a Part of something proactive. Yeah. Because the rest of his troop are very not proactive. Yeah. <laughs> I actually recall at one point when you're actually going in. So, you meet Sam first and Sam's like, you know, taking him to where all the students are. Hmm. And he's like, oh, yeah, I went to Oxford West University or something like that. And, yep. um, and the player just goes... Oh, isn't that where all the all the rich parents send their kids when they've got marital issues or something like that? <laughs> and he's like, uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I think from here we get a propeller and take it to Walter, um, <laughs> who uh, makes builds the plane and goes to test it, and I think he flies into the barrier. Yeah, he does, and he crashes and yeah. dies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> into this invisible barrier that the edge of the game world. Yeah. Well, I think that's what I'm not sure who, who we're going to talk about next, but I think that event is what leads you to Brill Cream. Yeah. Because that's your next lead for a way out of Sunset City, basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think Floyd suggests we go find them. Yeah. I mean, it's safe to, we should mention, I, I don't know if we mentioned that the player's main objective in the game is to escape the city. Yes. It's good to mention. He just that. gets wrapped <laughs> up in all of these other um, turf wars, yeah. essentially. Yeah. To sort of to get what he wants, he has to help people. Yeah. So they give him, yeah, the, yeah, ways out basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the next stop is uh, Floyd says, if anyone's going to survive the troop, the the apocalypse, it would be Troop Bushido. Yeah. Because they he said they literally prepared for everything mm. because they're basically the scout faction. Yeah. These pack of scouts. Yeah. Uh, and they're <laughs> they're holed up in this uh, samurai museum, but we get there. And it turns out that their master, their troop master, whose name is Brill Cream, after <laughs> yeah. the the hair product, which <laughs> <Yeah>. is <laughs> just the most ridiculous name ever, um, has gone missing. So they've, yeah, they're missing. being um, run by Troop Master Norton. Yeah. Uh, so he basically, Troop Master Norton's pretty sus because he's sort of, every time they're trying to find Brill Cream, um, he sort of tries to throw them off because we make this, uh, this, our next sort of, main point of contact in the game uh for kim yeah she's a she's a, a scout i think she's been kicked out or something because she's trying to find where brill cream is because he's gone missing and she doesn't trust norton at all no mm. Mm. 
<laughs> so it's sort of one of those things where if we help her find Brill Cream, she'll help us find a way to get off the island. Yeah, so exactly. Or he'll be able to help us get off the island, I think, because he's- Well, be that's the, the thing. Smart. It's like they need Brill Cream to guide them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. think Forkim has the answers. No. And Norton can't be trusted. No. <laughs> so it's like find Brill Cream for help. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Because yeah. you're then helping them mm. by finding the master. Mm. Mm. And it's fair to say that all of these factions, as they sound, are total stereotypes. Yeah. And it's really funny. <laughs> it's exactly, they play out exactly how you'd expect them to. They do. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, we pretty much, after helping uh, Fork him, you know, do little tasks and things to, you know, find things or whatever the game has you doing. Yeah. Nothing of huge significance. No, just- not really. It's, it's really just finding leads to Brill Cream. Yeah, turf yeah. wars and things. Yeah, the we we eventually um, we eventually meet uh, Brill Cream. Yep. Um, <laughs> who's a really funny character with a dumb name, but when when we find him, he's actually a quadruple amputee. Yeah, he has no arm, no arms or legs. Yeah. Um, and it, I think it comes up um, saying, or he tells them, he was trapped in a garbage truck for four weeks without food. When yeah. We find him. Yeah, and that's that sort of, and the, the the point of it is that he actually went into the gar the into the um garbage truck with arms and legs. <laughs> <laughs> so he did what he needed to do to survive. Because <laughs> it says he went in there without food, and yeah. he's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> um, and he um, I think he's led there by Norton, though. Hmm. I think he. I think Norton leads him, and or at least places him into the truck. Yes, Norton's the whole. He, he was the villain. Cause yeah, he, he he wanted Brill Cream out, so yeah, he, he hit him away. Because if I'm not mistaken, Norton turns into a giant dragon. Uh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> when we get back, uh, Norton Norton realizing that he's been discovered hmm. and ousted as the, you know, betraying the the uh, the troop. He um <laughs> he drinks a heap of overcharge and uh evolves into this massive dragon called Norton Dragon. <laughs> it just comes up on the screen. Like he drinks this stuff and dis- disappears and comes back as this dragon and it just freezes and this caption just says Norton Dragon. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's a good enough name. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. It's uh, the kind of name that they're giving out to people in the in the times they're in. Yeah. Like Brill Cream. <laughs> <laughs> Brill Cream. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. And they get and the character actually the player gets held up on the fact that his name's Brill Cream at one point as well. Yeah. I can't remember the exact dialogue, but he's just like, What? <laughs> <laughs> um and one of the funny examples I was saying when the a caption comes up on the screen that describes a character. Mm. In short, one a funny example is when um the uh, when Brill Cream tells the player, once you've saved everyone and killed Norton Dragon, um, <laughs> Brill Cream tells him that Fizco's uh, blocked all routes of escape from the city. Yeah. And the player just says, seriously? And on the screen, some text pops up with an arrow pointing to Brill Cream's uh, still face, just saying, always serious. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, just, it's just the timing of this, like these little things just so funny. <laughs> it's just like right when things are sort of getting grim, they just throw in this little yeah. comedic thing that's just perfect every time pretty much <laughs> well yeah like we said earlier it's 
the game is just complete fun from start to end. Mm. Anytime there's ever any thought of tension, yeah, it's just brought straight back down to fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. yeah. Finding Brawl Cream uh, leads us to, to a man named Ignatius. Mm. Uh, <laughs> or at least we're briefed on Ignatius, mm. who is a LARPer. He's king of the LARPers. King of the LARPers. And he is gonna. He can construct a boat to get out of Sunset City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brill Cream sort of says, "Oh, I know someone who can help you. He's king of the Fargarthians." And the and and players like the Fargarthians. Who are they? And I think Falkim's like, "Oh, they're Larpers." He's like, "What are Larpers?" Yeah, he's they're... like live action role players. And he's like, "Oh God." <laughs> yeah, well, they're like the way Falkim says it. They're almost like tired of them already. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're just sick of them because <laughs> they're just like <laughs> they're always in character. They're pretending this is like a medieval <laughs> apocalypse, yeah. and they're holed up in this like fake castle sort of set up in the corner of this district. That's so funny. Um, but one of the leading up to this, Brill Cream says, oh, yeah, um, you have to go find Ignatius. He's a he's a ship. He'll build you a ship. Yeah. And he goes, here, give him this plan. And you don't see what he's drawing, but someone he's like, give me a pencil. And someone puts a pencil in his mouth and holds this piece of paper up for him. And he just goes, like he's just drawing this thing with his mouth. And then he rolls up and says, give him that. And he's like, Oh my god! I want to see what he drew. Yeah. It's probably just a scribble. Yeah. Um, but completely ridiculous. But the um, real <laughs> yeah. cream reminds me of um, the um Joe. Is it Joe from Family Guy yes, in the yeah. wheelchair? He reminds me of Quark. Go, yeah, or Quark for sure. Yeah, because <laughs> the big they both all have the giant chin. The giant chin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even Stan from American Dad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, a lot of them. <laughs> um. So when we get to King Ignatius, he's actually very sick. Mm. But when we when we walk in to the to the uh, fort that yep. is or the, the castle stronghold that the LARPA, that the Fargarthians are set up in, mm. we're attacked by hardcore. So he's, this character's name's Hardcore, <laughs> and all he says is Hardcore. <laughs> it's just this massive lump of muscle. He just goes hardcore, but this smashes things. <laughs> and there's also uh, Chandler, who's a really overenthusiastic elf. Yeah. So he wore your elf ears, basically. Yeah. Um, and he's as devoted to the role play as anyone, even anything I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. He just he can't break character, uh, and the player just can't stand him. It's really funny. Um, but this, um, <laughs> so we're basically straight up tasked. First, because obviously, like with Brill Cream before, he's not accessible straight away. No. So, we have to actually help the Fargarthians um, get their, bring their king back to health. Mm-hmm. Try to heal, help heal him. Yep. So, for, for Well, some- they ask him to be able to gather the resources for the tree bark stew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, for some reason, his people <laughs> have been uh, getting killed because they're going out to try to harvest this tree bark and they're going out and they keep finding dead <laughs> bodies of their people. And he's like, oh, because they're trying to harvest tree bark um, <laughs> to feed their king, which explains a, uh, a lot about these people <laughs> and why they're why the king's not recovering. They've yeah. been literally feeding him feeding free bark. bark. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the, the character's just like, oh, he's like, what are you guys? Oh, he's like, oh, I see. So you're trying to kill your king by feeding him tree bark. He's like, I see how it is. Like, thinking he's unraveled the plot. And it's like, <laughs> they're like, what? No, this is, a, this is a 12th century meal. Yeah. Because they're not allowed to do anything that's not 12th century. Yeah. Right? <laughs> oh, that's, that's so funny. It's genius. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and basically- 
<laughs> and basically how the character comes to like when the tree bark soup doesn't work because they take it back to him mm. and feed it to him. They're like, oh, he's 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 um his his state has actually gotten worse. Yeah, and he's like, oh yeah, who would have thought? <laughs> and um, we go the the character decides, oh it's going to be 12th century stuff or whatever it is mm. he goes to the farmer's market to try to find some fruit and veg yeah for him basically thinking oh well that was around back then so it's acceptable yeah and he gets there and all <laughs> all the fruit and veg is gone because and all there is is these really fat pigeons because they've eaten everything yeah <laughs> <laughs> so what he decides to do is uh the next mission is we have to kill 500 chickens uh, chickens, uh, pigeons. Pigeons. Let's kill 500 <laughs> pigeons yeah. by jumping on these pyro traps to roast them all. Yeah. And then- um, Who would have, you know, they couldn't have gone any other way. Like, of course, that that is exactly what you would have had to, to do. <laughs> 500. <Roast> 500 pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so ridiculous. It, it's actually gold. Just to, Yeah, it's very funny. Because you get this announcer. The announcer's like the narrator of the game and he's yep. like, if you need to, next you have to save the king, which meant killing 500 pigeons or something like that. It's just so stupid. Surely the guy that uh, was the announcer voiced Quark as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's actually, it's just so funny. Mm. Like it, it's literally, you know, they take these stereotypes who want to stay in this character for, you know, the 1200s. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, sure. They'll feed him bark. uh but just and just one one more character that's sort of funny in this little segment with the fargarthians because Mm. uh eventually we do eventually we do save uh ignatius yep uh but there's this uh bard that sings along every time you battle (laughs) yeah (laughs) and he's just singing out ridiculous things as, as it happens and eventually he dies yeah. And the player's pretty happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> He's just a pain in the neck. He just sings along. He runs along with like the crew as he's running to where you have to go. Yeah. He just sings the whole time, like <laughs> commentating everything. It's um, like that bloke from The Witcher Show. Yeah. Did you did you watch that? The Witcher Show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. Bard. Yeah. Is he just called Bard? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Because um, he's that pain in the ass to Dandelion. Get Dandelion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like him. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, then we basically eventually get a ship, uh, and it and ends up being a literal trash boat. So, <laughs> what Brill Cream drew up was a boat made of garbage. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and uh, your friend Wendy, who's one of the Fargarthians, who's sort of the this is she's a cynical one. She's like your advisor with the group. Yeah, she um, yeah becomes the pirate. She dresses up as a pirate role player to take you out of the city. Mm-hmm. But as we're about to escape, all hell breaks loose and we have to go back. <laughs> yeah. Which is a good time for a break. Yes, I think so. So, I think it's... Actually, I think it's time for a bit of a story. I feel like changing up this week. Okay. I didn't know you were the one that decided who sponsors us, but let's hear the story, shall we? Yeah. The Adventures of Dr. G. Illa and the Dart Master. Chapter 1. 
Beware the follow-through. It is nearly time, my dear apes. After ten long years, it is time I return to the mainland and take back what is rightfully mine with you at my side. I came here in exile, banished from my home after the one they called the bald man cast me out, believing me not evil enough to be his mad psychic. Ah, sidekick. Well, do I have the surprise for him? For today, we... Not right now, Bethany. Can't you see I'm in the middle of? The who has come? The fart master? Wait, that's disgusting. You should be ashamed of yourself, Lady Beth. Oh, Dart! I thought you said... By God, Ella! What is that noise? <laughs> My dear gorillas, I command ye to go forth and find the source of this mad boppity music sensation. What don't you understand about that? Stop right there, sweet doctor. It is I, the Dart Master. Why, hello there, Fart, uh, Dart Master, but you seem to have missed. Oh, I didn't miss. I just didn't follow through. It's time we had a chat, you and I. Oh, Bethany, we're in trouble. Well, when I said, you know, I wanted a bit of a story time, I didn't know that's what we were getting. I didn't either, but I thought it was the best thing we could possibly have gotten. Yeah, Jimbo's a bit of a hit and miss sort of operator, isn't he? Yeah, he, yeah. Running this show. I don't really know what he's pulling in and. I'm not out. even really sure what the hell he does. Yeah. But without him, we wouldn't go to air, would we? Yeah, I bet you're paying him, though. Yeah, of course. Handsomely. Well, that's the problem. It's like, I, I pay him, but I don't know what he does. And you won't pay me. Yeah, because I know what you do. And it's, you know, it's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> Offense taken. <laughs> So, back to Sunset Overdrive. And what we've recently, what we got up to was we'll just, we thought we were sailing out on this boat to freedom away yeah. from Sunset City. But Sam, our mate from the Oxfords, calls us and says that they're under attack from Fizzbots. Mm. And player, selflessly, because he was selfish to start with, decides I've got to, we've got to go back and help them. Yeah. So, we do. And then when uh, Sam realizes we've got to actually go after Fizz, Fizz HQ or the Fizzco building, whatever it's called, uh, we've got to find the last faction, Las Catrinas. Yeah. Uh, they're like cheerleaders wearing um, Day of the Dead makeup. Yeah. 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 So, they're uh, Puerto Rican nurse cheerleader types. Who are looking after the kids in this in this hospital, mm. and they're basically just like I'm trying to think of what movie was. They're like all femme fatale sort of characters, like almost ninja. Um, there's a uh, you might not be thinking of the same one as me, but there's a movie Sucker uh, Punch. Hey, Sucker Punch. Sucker Sucker Punch is that the one where the girl is like in an institution? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, Sucker Punch. Similar look. Yeah, yeah. similar look to that. Mm. <laughs> so they're led by Esperan- Esperanza, who's a fiery one, mm-hmm. to say the least. She made the cover of the box, uh, might I add. She did, actually, as well. She made the cover. She's in all that madness that's on the front cover. The only two characters that made the front cover 
Uh, well, no, no, it's not two. Actually, <laughs> she made the front cover. Walter made the front cover. Uh, Fizzy, <laughs> I believe. I could be wrong. Is that Norton Dragon? <laughs> I can't say from here, but probably it looks like a dragon. Say it is anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Norton Dragon. <laughs> Uh, so, basically, the player needs to find a way into Fizco HQ and Las Katrinas can help. Uh, yeah. So, it's, it's actually a funny part. He gets to them and he talks to Esper, uh, Esperanza, who's the leader. And he's like, I need some help doing this. And they're like, ah, oh, forget about it. And he's like, he's like, oh, well, here's how it works. It's like, first, I'll run some errands for you. Then you'll like me. <laughs> and then you'll you'll help me. This is what the player says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he, <laughs> and then they like, not nah, forget about it. So he's like, hmm, what can I do to help them? Like, what? He's like, what? What sort of? What would they want me to find? And he deduces that a because uh, he pictures a an NFL player, like a gridiron player, and he pictures them. He's like, ah, uh, nah, even they wouldn't like him. <laughs> like he's a big muscly dude. And then he's like, and then he deduces that finding them a sword will make them happy because that's a cliche in games. You got to find some sort of super weapon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that is really funny because it's true. So basically, we have to go about. We try to find this. Uh, I think we ask Forkim what the best sword in this uh, samurai academy that they're hiding in. Yeah, the, the the troop Bushido are hiding in. Hmm. Um, is like what the best sword is, and she's like, oh, it was actually sold to this marketing um, mogul, and it's up in his skyscraper thing. So you have to go up all the way up this building. Well, and- it's like a Fizco executive. Yeah, Fizco executive. Yeah. yeah. And then when we get up there, um, the sword's gone. So what he decides to do is uh, make a nuclear sword. Mm. <laughs> so he basically forges his sword <laughs> and then it goes to this nuclear plant and activates it so that the sword gets blasted with nuclear energy and then take it, <laughs> takes it back to them as a gift. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing ever. <laughs> yeah. And this is like heading towards the end of the game. Yeah. And this is the kind of thing you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then... From here, and, and the Las Katrinas are pretty cool, but they're just fiery. Yeah. Don't mess with them, sort of shady characters. Mm. Uh, well, they think- don't really care for the sword anyway. No. Nah. When you give it to them. No, because you, you end up keeping it. Yeah. But we but we end up actually getting to get uh, a band. I can't remember what they're called. Link, uh, led by King Buzzo. Uh, the Melvins. The Melvins. The Melvins. To play for these kids, and that ends up being what they appreciate the most. Yeah, because there's just yeah, actual kids in this game. Yeah, there's a in boy the in the hospital because the one of the cheerleaders kills you. Yeah, when when the sword's not good enough, that's right. But you respawn in a hospital yeah. where the children are, and the um, getting the rock the Melvins to play a rock concert for the kids is the nice thing that he does for them. Yeah, that gets them to help him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's quite funny because. Um, Something we could have mentioned earlier was that the the respawns for the player, uh, so there's no death in it, and the player knows that he respawns, like he's fully aware of it. Yeah. So, for example, if you're climbing this tall building trying to find this sword, if you fall off the edge, you'll just loop straight back to a certain point by falling out of a portal. Yeah. Immediately and just down, and he and he sort of <laughs> goes, he goes, oh, thank God for that because I I didn't want to have to climb this whole building again. Like yeah. He alludes to the <laughs> respawn, and otherwise, I think. In other parts of the game, especially when you're free roaming, if you die, you just you respawn by coming in on like a rocket and mm. it just crashes it like 
lodges into the ground and you're riding it and he just jumps off and start you start again. <laughs> totally ridiculous. Another thing they just didn't have to do. No. But they did. But that's thank why God they did. Yeah. That's why these insomnia games are so good because it's the fine details. Hmm. The things where you think they can't get more stupid or have some... Yeah, it's not even explicit stupidity. Like, it's not... They don't go, we're going to make him say something really stupid to make no, it funny. No. They just go, how about we just put this... Uh, a burger a burger store called Sex Burger. Yeah. And like, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> nobody might... You know, nobody might notice it. Hmm. Uh, but it's funny. Like in Ratchet and Clank with the... Yeah, all this background banter that happens throughout every single one of those games. <laughs> yeah. You know. It might yeah. be some people couldn't care less and other people it makes the game for them. So Yeah. Mm. Um, but basically, all of the leaders of these factions that we've helped come together yep. towards the end. And uh, I remember King, King uh, Ignatius is like, where are the... He's like, but we're not all here. Where are the painted tarts? And then, <laughs> and then Esperanza just comes up and clocks him across the ear. <laughs> That's, uh, and yeah, we go after the... They're also self-aware of each other. Mm. <laughs> oh, they are, yeah. And where do and so we go to take down this Fisco building. And what does Sam tell us we need to do again? Because I think that we need to take we want to take the building down to end Fisco to stop uh, the robots, basically. Well, Sam sneaks inside and hacks a server, which reveals that they're gonna there's gonna be like a super weapon inside the building, and mm. they they decide that the best way to destroy the uh, destroy the building is to. Oh, sorry. Well, they decide that destroying the whole building is the best way to go about it because mm. there's a super weapon inside it. And Sam asks the player to go to a giant bottle of overcharge that's nearby. In the, I'm not sure. It's just in the city somewhere. It's like an ornament, like yeah. this big decorative thing, like yeah. almost like a little blimp. <laughs> and he basically knocks it around to cause it to launch at the tower like a massive rocket. Yeah. You basically just like belt it up enough that it just. Soars through the sky Fizzes, straight into the building. Gets all fizzy. Yeah. <laughs> like a like a Diet Coke and Mentos sort of situation. Yeah. Yeah. And the player rides the bottle yeah. like riding a rocket straight into the building, yeah. uh, which destroys the building, but the player dies in the process. Mm. Big reveal. That. Yeah. and Except and, he doesn't. <laughs> and, the fun, <laughs> and the scene is uh, they, they come up, all these um, characters that you helped come up and look at your dead body or where you've died, and it's just your feet that are appear um, that are sticking out from underneath all this rubble. Yeah, sort of um, uh, Wizard of Oz. Yeah, the Wicked Witch of the <laughs> oh, the Witch of the East or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. But the credits roll, uh, and the player walks into frame like the the playable character and starts complaining about the quality of the ending. Yeah, asking, "Well, that was it." <laughs> <laughs> so they rewind time, and he wakes up. Mm. But he basically wakes up from before the events of the final destruction. Yeah. So, you get to replay it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this time, instead of using an overcharged bottle, you have to use the super weapon itself from the inside. Yeah. Which is like basically the uh, building's core mm. that was going to, I think, just erupt and destroy the whole of Sunset City. Because it's gotten to the point where they want to cover it up. Fisco. Fisco want to cover the whole thing up, so they're just going to blow up the whole city. Um, Resident Evil style. It's, umbrella. it's, it's super umbrella style. Mm. Yeah. It's actually like a really wacky take on the same thing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so, yeah, Fizzy, the the massive blimp that we fought earlier, who is the AI of the building, mm. 
um, starts destroying the whole city. And eventually, the, yeah, you, you sort of traverse to the very top of the building, lots of grind rail segments and that, uh, and you shoot at the exposed power core until it blows up. And that's, that's how you end the game. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so the whole, the entire headquarters building, the big robot that's going around has the voice of Fizzy, yeah. Yeah. And one of the one of the best parts of the dialogue in that battle is Fizzy saying, uh, it's like, oh, are you sure you wanted to, he's like, you sure you want to keep doing this? Like, there's no more plot twist to be had in this story. Yeah. Like, so Fizzy's like, <laughs> like, oh, crap, this means he's definitely going to kill me this time. Yeah. Like, this is going to be it. <laughs> uh, it's a really sort of, um, I, I just... I'd love the, the self-awareness of this whole, whole game. Yeah. It's a complete piss take. Mm. I think uh, it's nice to see all of the the players celebrating with all of the factions afterward, mm. having the keg party or having a drink. Yeah. Uh, but it's unknown whether your character leaves Sunset City or not, or what happens to Sunset City after. Well, we stay at a free roam. Well, that's what I mean. Like, mm. they, he stays to free roam the city, but it's still full of OD scabs fizzbots mm. and the like uh so it's like one of those situations in a game where you get to pick up after the credits and complete everything you hadn't done yeah but the city's uh ecosystem as you may call it stays the same yeah yeah which is always kind of i always find that kind of a bummer i want to see the result of the actions of the ending yeah yeah um, but you but you can see the destroyed building fizzco building in afterward if you look at it, the whole top half of it's blown off and everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just I remembered a, a really funny part actually from earlier in the game, where uh, just because you mentioned the scabs, there comes a part where with the Fargarthians, we attack this scab stronghold because they've overtaken one of the sort of castle-looking Fargarthian buildings. Yep. And uh, King Ignatius is standing in the building saying like trying to give like a big speech you know like a classic king sort of thing <laughs> and he gets hit by an arrow and just falls down and, and like dies and he says something like and he's like eh, my heart is uh, my heart is and then he dies and then he goes full of anger and he stands up and just gets all these guns <laughs> suddenly and they all start like to shoot everyone and it's just so good because obviously he had like you know because role playing had like tomato sauce or something under it and he just trying to play out his death just yeah. because it's realistic and then he just completely <laughs> rages and picks up guns and they decide to like end the medieval stuff finally <laughs> it's so stupid it's oh, so funny yeah this would be a this could actually be a funny movie it could it would be just ridiculous mm. who would direct it whoever did uh, Zombieland yeah Your yeah I don't know movie. who that would have been yeah I haven't even seen that but I know I know you love it are you taking the piss or? Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't really like the movie. <laughs> I mean, if you believe me, yeah, you do like it. I didn't hate it. It was directed by Ruben Fleischer. F-L-E-I-S-C-H-E-R. Fleischer, yeah. Fleischer. Ruben Fleischer. Zombieland was fine. It's got Emma Stone in it. <laughs> and we don't really like Emma Stone. Yeah. To be honest. Sorry, Emma Stone fans out yeah, there. Yeah, not, not a huge fan. Mm. And Jesse Eisenberg is in it too. I'm not a fan of him. And he was... Uh, what's that movie he's in? It's a social network. He plays Mark Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. And That's a good movie. Plays Lex Luthor. Plays Lex Luthor in Batman vs Superman. He's so kind of like a brat. <laughs> Although I like Batman vs Superman. 
putting just putting that out there. Uh, yeah, I didn't mind Batman vs Superman. Well, we've still got to watch the Justice League Extended Edition. Oh, you don't want to? I'll I, watch I it. I don't want to. No, I'm going to watch it. Good luck Stick to you. That up, yeah. Enjoy that five hours on the couch. Yeah, hmm. I love it. I love five hour couch time. <laughs> yes, yeah. Now that I think of it, <laughs> yeah. maybe I'll come. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So before we get to the, the burning questions for this game, what mm. are your final thoughts? Uh, it's just a. It's an, it was a pretty awesome game, I think, at the time. Because I don't want to... I want to ask you this. It's not a burning question, but I think you played this game from my recommendation. Is that correct? Yeah. So, I think at the time, I really liked it. And I remember buying it from the store off not much uh, hype or anything like that. And, mm. and as I said, I'm pretty sure I played it a couple of years after it launched because I was playing PC and whatever. Because um, you had an Xbox One before me. Uh, I did, yeah. Um, yep. Probably six months to a year before me, I think. Yeah. Um, and, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it at the time. I think going playing it this morning and yesterday or just literally free roaming, I think now that I've played Ratchet and Clank and Spider-Man, the movement for the grinding and all the guns felt a bit lackluster to me. Well, the weapon- It felt flat, especially with the vibration. And the controllers mapped quite yeah, strangely as well. It felt, it felt a bit strange, but mm. that's only because we've played- the other Insomniac games that are also of such high quality. Yeah. With, let's be honest, now the DualSense, the better controller. Mm. Um, but that shouldn't take away the fact that I think it's a really awesome game that's super vibrant and colourful, very funny. Um, their story's interesting and it's different. Like, you know, there's so many Apocalypse games out there mm. and this one takes a whole different route with it, which is yeah. um, certainly, was certainly needed, I yeah. think. If they're going to do it, Definitely. they need to do it different. So, nah, awesome, awesome game. Everyone with an Xbox should play it. Um, it's on Game Pass, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, you can get it from any store for like 10 bucks. It's really probably. cheap. Yeah. It's super cheap. Um, yeah, 10 bucks max. I'd say if it's, you know, if you're listening in America, it's probably $5 yeah. over there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because it was one of those games where they brought heaps into the stores, mm. expecting people to buy up. Well, yeah. And then they did. You know, they didn't quite buy up. and But then the people that did buy it probably, are, you know, it's probably got like a 20-hour 20 20, 20 life yeah. cycle. Yeah. About that. So, you probably just traded in after that. So, it's just there's heaps of copies laying around it. I reckon it's likely that I traded it in at some point and then I bought it back seeing it like literally $10 and thought, oh, I should probably just have that in my collection. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. You trying to work out if that's a dig? Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Is it? I don't know. Just, just a comment. <laughs> Do you have any other final thoughts? <laughs> no, not really. It sort of summed it up pretty well throughout the whole thing. I, th- I think how just how fun the whole thing is. Yeah. Just outright, just outrageous fun. I'd recommend it to anyone who, who likes, yeah, especially Spider-Man or yeah, Ratchet and Clank, anything ridiculous and that mm. just uh, is just totally different to anything else. It's just well worth a go. And like we said, it doesn't age, so I don't think if you're going to get back into it, yeah, you might you might find those prop those little, oh, I guess pace issues. You might think that oh, I wish I could get around a bit quicker at this point or another. But you mm. pretty much get upgrades that allow you to get faster and faster throughout. So yeah, so there's not really any downside to this. Yeah, I mean, me me saying that I felt that the control and movement felt a bit flat this morning. That doesn't at the time of playing it, I definitely thought it was awesome. Mm. It's just that I've played 
Insomniac games that have released since that done it so much better now. Yeah. But for the time, it was actually really cool. Oh, yeah. It felt really fun. Yeah, it's epic. Mm. It was one of the reasons to have an Xbox One back then, and it still is. Because, mm. you know, they don't have that many exclusive games, let's be honest, or, you know, really hitting it out of the park with the, many of the exclusives. Mm. Sunset Overdrive is, pr- you know, probably the most unique exclusive the Xbox One had. Yeah. Really. So, yeah. yeah. It's rare to see Insomniac Games make an Xbox game. Yeah, I know. So, you might as well play it for the sake of it. Mm. Mm. All right. So, burning question for you. Mm. Given that there has been a little bit of rumor going around that Insomniac, Insomniac is coming back to... Oh, sorry. Uh, Sunset, Sunset Overdrive yeah. is coming back to PlayStation. Yeah. And by coming back to, I mean, actually just coming to because it was never there in the first place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, sort of basically coming to Insomniac's home. Yeah. Do you think, given that, given that sequels generally improve navigation and gameplay from the from its predecessor do you think that the second one will be a success if it comes out in the ps5 more of a success than the first i mean um honestly i don't i don't think it would be a success if it came out Mm. i don't firstly i don't think they're gonna make a sequel you don't i'll put that out there i don't think they're gonna make a sequel i think it's pretty likely that they bring Sunset Overdrive to PlayStation uh, 4 and 5 as like a re, you know, a repackaged deal. Yep. Or an upgraded enhanced version for PS5. I could see that, but I don't see them making a sequel. I I don't even know what a sequel would be. Yeah. Like the story the story ends in this game and Fizco and everything that happened in Sunset City happened. And you know what? What the hell would they even do with the sequel? It wouldn't even make. It probably wouldn't even make sense. Although, I think the fact that it's so suck, uh, it breaks the fourth wall so often. That could probably lend, lean into that with the fact that they're making a sequel out of nothing, and yeah. then they can joke about the fact that they're making a sequel in the game. <laughs> yeah. So for that reason, it could work. But um, no, I can't see him bringing it back, and I don't. I don't think it would do as well because it just. It's it's actually probably a hidden gem. That not many people know about, not as many as you would expect, and especially and, PlayStation people. And to be honest, everyone who's played it loves it. Yeah, but I wonder how much it sold. Like, like looking it up, I wonder how many copies it actually sold. And of course, mm. it was on the Xbox One, not the PlayStation Four, which the PlayStation Four sold over double the amount of Xbox Ones. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, I don't, I don't see it working out. Honestly, I don't think they'll do it. I think they'll, I think from here they're going to push forward with. Spider-Man and Ratchet. Yeah. And they're the two pillars for that company. Definitely a heart says yes, brain says no. Yeah. Sort of situation. Yeah. yeah. But you probably think, do you think different? No, I agree. I agree. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's Yeah. It's a it's a, something that I hope would do really well and I'd love to see one, but I'm not sure it'll be yeah, overly successful. Mm. So, if, if they made a second, I'd feel like that would be the last. Yeah. They, they could try a sequel. Mm. They could. And look- we would support it if they did absolutely if they yeah. made a sequel we would both buy it yeah and we'd play it like, and I'm sure it would actually be really funny and fun oh yeah yeah <laughs> classic my burning question is look so today we talked about Sunset Overdrive two weeks ago I think it was we talked about Ratchet and Clank when are we gonna give other studios a chance on the Rumble Pack 
because we've talked up Insomniac an absolute storm. Naughty Dog's copped it pretty well, too. Naughty Dog copped a, a, a double mega episode. But I feel like we're giving off the impression here that Insomniac is our favorite studio. Yeah. Well, when are we going to give other studios a chance, Luke? Well, to be honest, we've actually pushed out our next Insomniac games further than we that episode further we than we were planning. We, we had them planned and we've, we've pushed them. <laughs> so, it was going to be even more because we realized, oh, we're actually doing all of Insomniac games. Yeah. Uh well, so we well to be honest, we've only really done you know we've spoke about Spyro as a mascot, but we have still got Spyro and the Spider Man games. Yeah, so there's a lot more uh, pain or glory depending how you look at it coming. <laughs> Let's just give Insomniac a little breather and yeah. let people play these games. We'll, we'll talk about the other ones later. Well, yeah, I don't think they could prepare for the uh, for the rush of um i guess purchase that they're about to experience as yeah. a result of these episodes exactly so i don't know if they'd love us or hate us i uh, right in <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh one one yeah. thing i just thought too is i mean this is completely random but i would love it if they made a sunset over uh, sunset city uh, a map in uh, tony hawk <laughs> i saw that then <laughs> how good would it be yeah it fits yeah it certainly fits. Just just take out all of the bloody OD and Fizzbots mm. and let Tony do his thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think just to finish on your burning question as well, I think that the the, the best thing about Insomniac Games, like how we've put them into so many episodes without really realizing it yeah. in planning, is that the, the studio has actually just gone from silently achieving, uh, uh, silently achieving all of these, you know, great games releasing these great games basically mm. like they've gone from success to success without yeah. anyone really noticing and then all of a sudden we get to this like us have we have in our you know second or third episode talking about them and we go wait a minute they're actually quite prominent and they haven't stuffed up yeah so they've pretty much that's that's sort of why we're doing the episodes we've basically got this con- condensed timeline of their entire uh, existence yeah <laughs> and we've basically reflected that in our lack of initial acknowledgement of how just how widespread uh good they are how good they are in their short time yeah well, small amount of games really and uh yeah they're real real world achievements yep it's pretty crazy it's a it's a tip of the hat to them absolutely big tip of the hat yeah but anyway let's not we'll stop talking about them now now, what do we talk about? Have they I, got guess to, we, I guess we go home. What's their rival? <laughs> their, <laughs> rival? their rival. Uh, I don't know. Let's just let's just call their rival uh, Square Enix. Wakey Games. Oh, you. Oh, you Wait, talk, sleep, sleepy games. You talking so, about a, a made up? up. Yeah. Okay. I just, I just oh no, I was trying to think of real. Square Enix. I'm making up. Yeah. So safe to say. Square Enix won't be as prominent on the podcast as uh, Insomniac. No. N- not that we dislike Square Enix. We're just... We don't know anything about Final Fantasy, yeah. do we? And they had a bit to do with Hitman games early on, which are huge for me. So, oh, yeah. they will be mentioned. Yep. And they did Oh, they'll be mentioned, of course. Tomb Raider was mentioned last week. Tomb Raider, yep. So, uh, but yeah, they won't, have, they won't exactly feature <laughs> as much. <laughs> but next week... Next, oh yes, next next week. We go on to another excellent studio. Yes. Who won't feature as frequently. 
fair to say. But the quality of games they pump out, not as regularly as others. They take the time to make them good. Yep. And that's Rockstar Games. Because we're going to be talking about, I am going to be talking about Red Dead Redemption. And I'm going to tell you what the hell you missed in the second half that you didn't play. (laughs) I can't wait to find out. Yep. So you just sit down in that spot next week. Shut up and listen to me. So I listened to you in episode nine about Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Which you did quite well on. Oh, thank you. You've earned your pay. Yeah. But. Well, yeah, maybe you can finally earn your pay. This better be the moment. By putting together a great episode for episode 15. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be an absolute hoot. Yeah. No, can't wait. So without further ado, (laughs) we shall see you next week. All right. See you guys. Thanks, guys.